Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be combining my buy low and sell high trade candidates into one video. So I'm going through the buy lows and the sell highs. While you guys are watching this, if you enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you ring the bell, you can get notifications every time I post. And then also, if you have any questions, just drop them down below. I'll be responding to every single person. But let's start it off with the buy lows. And I'm just going to give an honorable mention to Leonard Fournette. I actually talked about him in two different videos last week. I talked about him as a buy low and as a player who's trending up rest of season. I also believe in the buy low video. I talked about how you may want to wait because this is a tough matchup against the Saints. He didn't play well in this game rest of season. I still think he's going to be putting up RB1 numbers. So I would totally go out and buy low on him. You know, maybe you want to wait till after the buy. But you could probably get him at an even bigger discount. So he's on here for sure. Then the first player I'm going to break down is Nick Chubb. This was his first game back from that calf injury. He went out, put up 7.9 PPR points. That's a pretty bad game from someone who's probably your RB1, you know, at worst your RB2. But these are games that are going to happen when guys like Nick Chubb don't get into the end zone. He carried the ball 16 times for 61 yards, one reception for eight yards. So overall, this isn't a bad game, but when these running backs don't have that receiving upside, you know, this is kind of the downside. There are going to be games where Chubb goes out for 100 yards and two touchdowns and puts together a monster game. He's still an RB1 moving forward. Plus, I actually think he has some upside, at least in the next few games until Hunt returns, because Chubb can get work in the receiving game. They just don't really choose to use him like that. However, with Hunt out, I do think he could see an increase in that. But if someone, you know, is kind of panicking, maybe he's injured, then he comes back, doesn't play well, I would totally be in on buying low on Nick Chubb. Then I have another running back who's kind of in the same range. It's DeAndre Swift. The Lions just looked horrific on Sunday, got destroyed 44-6, to and Swift only put up 8.1 PPR points. And this was in a game when Jamal Williams was out. So I think a lot of people were expecting a huge showing from DeAndre Swift. It just didn't happen. He's still a mid-tier RB1 moving forward. And here's the thing. Swift has had kind of two you know, clunker games where he just really did not live up to expectation. Two games where he scored under 10 points. In those games, he's rushed for 16 yards and 27 yards. Obviously, that is terrible for a starting running back, but he still was able to score over eight points in both of those games. Basically, my point here is that his receiving workload is going to save him and give him a fairly high floor because those two performances are basically as bad as they can get for DeAndre Swift because he has that receiving upside. He's averaging 7.1 targets per game, which is top tier at the running back position. And like I mentioned, he's still a mid-tier RB1 moving forward. So if you can buy in on people just hating the Lions, thinking the team is terrible, and they want to move DeAndre Swift, 100% do that. Now I'm going to move on to the wide receivers and starting it off with Mike Williams. I think this is a prime buy low opportunity for Williams. His value has just absolutely tanked the last five weeks. So he had his buy mixed in there and then he has scored under five points in three out of four of those games. But personally, I'm expecting a major rebound in the next couple of weeks. This is someone, we can't forget this, he totaled at least nine targets, seven receptions, 80 receiving yards, and a touchdown in four of the first five games. The man was on fire. He was an integral part of the offense. 
in the one game where he didn't get to those numbers, he was missed on a wide open deep ball. So that would have been a nice game as well. There's no denying that the last two games, he has not been good. He's been a total dud in your lineup. But I also think we kind of look a little bit deeper into that. Those last two games were poor performances from the Chargers offense. We saw them struggle against Baltimore, and then we saw them struggle against the Patriots. I think rest of season, this is going to be a very strong offense. And so I'm not super concerned. Mike Williams is an integral part of this team, and I think he's going to feast moving forward. And then the other receiver is Justin Jefferson, really just an uncharacteristic down game here. But the thing is, I like targeting players who either performed well as sell highs or performed poorly as buy lows when they're on prime time. Those are the games that everyone is watching. And Jefferson went out, caught two passes for 21 yards, and it really just doesn't change my view on him at all. I still think he's a mid-tier wide receiver one rest of season. When you have these players who are just top, top tier, these elite guys, players like Devontae Adams, Dalvin Cook, you know, Christian McCaffrey at their running back position, I think Justin Jefferson is getting close to being there. When these guys go out and have like one bad game after being consistent just week after week, that should not worry you at all. But there are some people who are going to panic. And so if a league member wants to sell him at even a minor discount, totally go out and capitalize on that. And then my last buy low is going to be at Rob Gronkowski. So Gronk started off the season, first two games, put up monster numbers. Then week three, you know, had a mediocre game, but he also was injured during that. Then he misses the next four games. So he's just out of people's lineups before starting in week eight and putting up zero points because he goes out there, doesn't get a reception and then leaves with an injury, back spasms. He probably shouldn't even have been out there in the first place, but apparently he was like begging to play. But I'm gonna be willing to bet that whoever owns Rob Gronkowski in your league is probably pretty frustrated with him. You thought you were gonna be getting one of these top tier tight ends, and then you've just gotten five straight weeks of zeros. You know, obviously he wasn't in your lineup for the four of them, but he's still just unplayable. And now the Buccaneers have a week nine bye, which is then gonna be six straight games of zero points. He's not done anything for those teams. And so I think Gronk owners are going to panic. That week nine bye may just be the last straw. And so if you're not super desperate, to go out and get a win in week nine. Maybe you're sitting pretty, you're seven and one, you're six and two. I would totally go out and make a move for Rob Gronkowski. From week 10 to the rest of the season, I think he's going to be a mid-tier tight end one. He's probably behind Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and Kyle Pitts, but he is right in that range after them and could potentially break into that group if touchdowns go his way. We know the Bucks love to look for him in the red zone. So it's totally possible he finishes, you know, maybe above a Pitts or a Hawkinson rest of season. But now let's shift over to the players that I'm going to be selling high on. And I have two running backs that I'm going to talk about in this segment. The first one is Melvin Gordon. I talked about him as a player who is trending down rest of season. I still think that's the case. And here he is the definition of a sell high. Here in week eight, we saw Gordon and Javante Williams split the RB opportunities 13 to 13. Melvin Gordon had one more carry. Javante Williams had one more target. Gordon just happened to be the one who scored two touchdowns and actually scored 14 of the team's 17 points. And you may say, oh, that's great. He's carrying the offense. He's doing all this. No, 
That is not something that's consistent. This offense is not going to be good long-term, but this helped him finish with 19.2 PPR points, which is a great performance. And even if he's able to keep the same workload, you know, say Javante Williams doesn't start to eat into those touches, I still don't think he's ever going to be someone you confidently start in your lineup, probably at best in, you know, 10 or 12 team leagues. He's like a maybe flex play, unless you're super desperate, then he's like an RB2. But I would look to put him in a package with another capable starter for a really nice upgrade at a specific position. So I'm not going to be holding on to him after this big game. I'm going to be moving him off of my rosters. And then the second player, the second running back is Michael Carter. Carter is honestly going out and establishing himself as the clear Jets RB1. Ty Johnson is totally still going to be involved. But you know, at the start of the season, it was kind of like a 1A, 1B. That is no longer the case. Carter is definitely the number one. In the last two weeks, he's averaging 24.3 PPR points per game. He's also gone up in points every single week from week three to week eight. So all of that is great news. But that being said, his recent production is just totally unsustainable. It is unheard of the amount of work the Jets running backs are receiving. In the last two games, Michael Carter has been targeted nine and 14 times. That alone is wild. We rarely see running backs be targeted that much. But then you add on top of that, Ty Johnson's targets. He was targeted seven times in week seven and then six times in week eight. That is crazy. 20 running back targets alone between Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. The teams are going to work to take away the running backs in the pass game if that's all the Jets are going to rely upon especially with Zach Wilson out, they're not going to be as concerned with the plays down the field. So I think right now you could reasonably present an argument that he's a high-end RB2 potentially. I personally don't think he is because even if he's the lead back, he's the lead back on a team that is not good and is not going to be scoring a lot of points. But I think the argument could totally be pushed that he's like a high-end RB2 rest of season. And if you can do that and trade him for another high-end RB2, someone who's like a legit high-end RB2, I would totally look to make that move, but that is going to wrap it up for my buy low and sell high players. If you guys enjoyed the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, ask me anything down below. If you guys are trying to trade for some of these guys or maybe trade away some of the sell highs and you guys are you know going through trades, if you drop them down below, I will give you my thoughts on them and try to help you out. But that is gonna wrap it up. Thank you for stopping by and I'll see you next time.